Let us give them another hand clap. That was a blessing. Praise the Lord. God bless you, my beloved ones. God bless you abundantly. <laughs> it's interesting how the Lord works and how the Lord does these things. I never discussed with them whatever song they were to sing, but they desired to bless the Lord, and we gave them the opportunity to be able to bless the Lord. And this morning, before I left home coming this place, I had these words drop in my heart. And I said, okay, I'll pass it across, across unto us before, before we share the word. And the words that came across is, it was just one sentence. And he said, I am the Lord that heals you. Amen. And it was a surprise to hear them sing this particular song that is an anointing in the sanctuary, for the Lord is here. The Lord is present and he is present to touch you and to touch me. He is present to do something new in our individual lives and in our circumstances for the glory of God. That he is here to heal the brokenhearted. He is here to heal the hopeless. He is here to restore and to give hope to somebody for the glory of his awesome name in Jesus name. And so before we share the word, I would just like if you know you are here and you are hurting, You've got pain in your body. I would rather just obey and do what it is. Well, because he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. He will move and do something for you. He will touch you, whatever it is that you are. He will heal you. Because he's not a man that he should lie. He's not a son of a man that he should repent. The word says, as he said, and will he not do it? Has he spoken? And will he not make it good? Praise the Lord. So if you know you are not well, there is a condition or is something you want the Lord to touch you. Maybe it is spiritual, maybe it is physical. Whatever need it might be that you might be having, I'd just like you to stand where you are. The Lord will be able to reach out unto you for, for the sake of saving time. We will not call people to the front or anything. But wherever you are, he will touch you. He will do something for you, for he is faithful. Hallelujah. I am the Lord. That he led thee, I am the Lord, your healer. I send my word and heal your disease. I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord. That he led thee, I am the Lord, your healer. I send my word and heal your disease. I am the Lord, your healer. We sing to him, you are the Lord that healed me. You are the Lord, my healer. You send your word and heal my disease. You are the Lord, my healer. One more time, you are the Lord that healeth me. You are the Lord, my healer. You 
sent your word and healed my disease. You are the Lord, my healer. I want the church, the beloved ones who are, you know, you are in the leadership team. I want you to rise up and reach out, lay your hand on each, if you know you are in the leadership team, of brother Andrew, Esther, you are around, Agnes, Florence, all, all the people who are in the leadership, please. Can you rise up and go to wherever every one of these particular dear ones are, lay your hands on them in the name of Jesus Christ. Make sure somebody has a hand on them in Jesus' name. Daphne, Jonathan, please rise up. All, all of, if you are in the leadership, please rise up, Gloria. Make sure you, you move around. Make sure everybody has a hand laid on them. We love our beloved ones, and God is out to do something. We stand to with you, together with you in your pain. The Bible says when a member of the body is unwell, all of us hurt, and we hurt together with you. And this morning the Father has said, I am the Lord that healed thee. And we believe you, Father. You are faithful in that which you say. You are not a man that you should lie. You watch over your word to perform it, everlasting Father. And this morning, in the name of Jesus Christ, in obedience, O oh blessed Father, with that which you have spoken, we reach out unto our brothers and unto our sisters. You know where they are hurting. You know where the problem is. You know where the infirmity is. You know where the setback is. Father, we don't need to know it ourselves, but you know it, everlasting Father, and Right now, because you have sent your word, we therefore extend this word unto our brothers and unto our sisters, and we command healing into their bodies. We command healing into their situations. We command the breaking of the yoke of infirmity. We command the breaking of the yoke of disease. We command the breaking of the yoke of every sickness. We command the breaking of the yoke of every oppression. We command the breaking of the yoke of every work of darkness in the lives of this your children of God, and we command be free. Be free. Be free in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be restored in the name of Jesus. We command resurrection power. Arise in each one of their mortal bodies. Resurrection power. Quicken every one of their cells. Quicken every one of their mortal bodies, and let them be restored in health in the name of Jesus. For by the stripes of Jesus they are healed. Thank Thank you, Father, because you are the Lord who heals us, and therefore I call each one of them healed. I call you healed. I call you restored. I call the pain gone in the name of Jesus Christ. I call every particular stiffness gone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command every nerve system to be restored into proper operation in the name of Jesus. I command every muscle to be restored into its order in the name of Jesus. I command every bone to be healed in Jesus name. I break the yoke of Satan and I command you out of this place. Let God's people be healed and be restored now in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I would like you to check your bodies later on. We will desire to receive a testimony at the end of the service of what the Lord has done for you in the name of Jesus Christ because he is faithful. Hallelujah.
right, let us turn our Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy <clears throat> and chapter 1. The book of Deuteronomy and chapter 1. Sometimes back, Phil shared with us and told us about thinking. Learning to be a people who are able to think and not just to go with the noise that keeps on going all around about us. Our sister Agnes shared the other day and shared with us about the Father is at work in each one of us. For he said that Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, and you and I, we are the branches. And the Father has committed himself to make sure that you and I, we bring forth fruit in the name of the Lord Jesus. He works on the vine and he works on the branches to make sure everything is operating in the proper flow that finally the fruit may come forth. And he says he wants the Father to be glorified and the Father is glorified when you and I, we bring forth much fruit, not just a little. He says he wants a lot of fruit, so much productivity in his house. In your life, he's looking for a lot of productivity. That's why he's reaching out to work on each one of us to make sure that becomes a reality in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the words he said, he said, the branch that does not bear fruit, he cuts it off and throws it away. But the branch that bears fruit, even if you bear one fruit, he says, he comes and he prunes it. He takes care of it so that it may bear more and more and more. He does not give up on you. If you put in the effort and you put the step forward, that I'm going to bring forth fruit for the glory of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Our brother Mark shared last week, and he blessed us with the aspect of our feelings and our emotions. And determining where each one of them, of them is and how we control them, how we channel them to make sure that the Father is glorified. Because as we channel them in the right direction, fruit will be made manifest in the name of Jesus because he is faithful who has called us. And I go back to one of the, uh, was, uh, the, the, two, the two sessions that we have shared, we have shared before. We shared two sessions, and I finished the third one today on the same, same topic. I desired to be able to steer away from it, but I was impressed upon my heart. You must finish this particular thing that I laid upon your heart. So I always say the Holy Spirit is the boss. I'm just but a frontline soldier. I do what I'm told to do in Jesus' name. And so I will do what it is that I'm expected to do for the glory of his name. So briefly, I would like us to share again. Remember what we said at the outset when we began. Your word and the power of your word. And I hope you're remembering and watching over your words. Don't be careless. Because the word says we are held captive. We are ensnared by the words of our mouth. Never forget that. And never forget what he says. The power of life and death is where? is in this thing, in the tongue. And he says, the course of nature is set on fire by this little thing that is between our lips. It is a very powerful thing, and that is the power of your word. 
So I want you to continue and our dear one shares sometimes back and talked about the word of God. Make sure the word of God is on this particular tongue. It will make all the difference for your life. We said your word is your seed. Your word is your power. Your word is your tool. With those particular things, three things, we will prosper in life or you will go down the drain. Secondly, we came and we shared on keep your imagination with all diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. We shared in depth on the fact that your imagination is actually your heart. Your heart and your imagination are one and, are one and the same thing. And out of the imagination, the mouth speaks. That's the reason why the imagination produces the words you speak. And hence, if you take care of your imagination, your words will be right. And your words will take the right course. Your family, your husband, your wife, everything that you do will be blessed because you will plant in them that which is of value in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, finally, last time we finished by uh, uh, the touching the aspect of what is our warfare. Paul says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, bringing into captivity every thought and every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Again, realizing that our battle and our victories are realized in this one thing, getting hold of our imagination and making sure it tows the line of the spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. It is a battle we are involved in continually. And today I finish with this particular final session and that is the power. We have shared the power of your word. We have shared keep your height or your imagination with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. And today, I want us to touch briefly on the power of your imagination. The power of your imagination. And that is from the word of God. So we go to Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 6 and 8. Up to 8. The word of God says, God speaking to the children of Israel. He says the following. The Lord our God said unto us in Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn, take your journey, and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all their neighbors in, in the Arabah, in the hill country and in the lowland and in Negev by the sea coast, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord sowed to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give to them uh, and their offspring after them. The children of Israel left Egypt to go to Canaan, or to the promised land. According to what they tell us, he are made to understand it is supposed to be a journey of 11 days and you would have arrived. But at this particular juncture, when Moses is speaking unto them in Deuteronomy, these guys have taken the journey of 11 days has been changed into a journey of 40 years. 
Can you imagine? 11 days transformed into 40 years. And for 40 years, they have been going round and round the same, same place around Mount Sinai over and over and over and over and over and over again until finally God gets tired and tells them enough is enough. How long have you been on this mountain? Turn and go. Take the journey. Go to the place where I said I will give unto you. You and I, we have been promised a kingdom. An awesome and a powerful kingdom. The word of God says the kingdom is within us. The kingdom God has released unto us. And you that is born again, or you that has acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have taken the first step into entering into this particular kingdom. But he wants it to be manifested in your life. But the children of Israel realized they had been given a promise and a land. They were told it's flowing with milk and honey. And 11 days they would have reached it. But now 40 days have gone by. They have not reached it. The guys who are 40 when they left Egypt, now they are almost starting to walk like this because they have clocked 80 and they have gone above, above 80. They have not reached where they were supposed to arrive. And why hadn't they reached where they were supposed to go? There was one thing that had kept them in the, in the wilderness. God was seeking to prove their heart. Their hearts was still where? In Egypt. Their imagination, in other words. They were still stuck in Egypt. They were still talking and complaining about the meat and the wonderful dishes that they have left in Egypt. They were still talking about the experiences they had in Egypt. They never talked about the land where they were going. You, if you read their story, you never hear anything about the land where they were going at, at, during the whole of this particular time. And at one point when they reached almost to go over, they sent spies. And the spies came back with a, a negative report. And they refused completely to go. They started saying, God brought us into this place to kill us in this place. It were better if we had died in Egypt. Their minds were back. In the place where they had come from. And for a particular reason, they, it kept a whole nation of almost three million or whatever number they were in the desert. The power of the imagination. Even if God has spoken, my brother and my sister. If your imagination does not line up with what he has said, you will never receive the promise. You will keep on going round and round. In the very backward thoughts and the lifestyle that you have heard, you will not inherit the promise that the Father has given unto you. Today, make up your mind in the name of Jesus. I am breaking free from my past imaginations. I must enter into an imagination that God will plant into my system so that I may attain the promise that he has given for me even to enter into the particular promise of eternal life in Jesus name. Praise God. So start looking in yourself. What mountain have I been going round about all this time? Is it maybe that some of us have bitterness and unforgiveness and it's like a wonderful pet we can't let go. You're telling me to forgive him. You don't know what he has done to me. 
You don't know what she has done to me. Every other day, you are going round and round that same mountain, that same mountain, and we say, I can't forgive him. He, I don't care what anybody tells me. I can pray in tongues and do whatever I want to do, but I will not forgive that particular man or that woman. There are some of us who might be here and we are having that until we have caused so much pain in our bodies. I know we, are, we have caused sicknesses in our bodies because of the thoughts and the imaginations that we have maintained and we have held on to the wrongs that have been done in the past. The experiences that we had in the past, relationships that we had in the past. I was talking with somebody yesterday, and she was telling me in the office, oh, I've got a friend of mine. They parted with a, with, with, a, with a husband or with a boyfriend, whoever it was. He used to beat her like I don't know what, and he leaves her cold, dead cold. She revives and comes back again. And she, she says, ah, that man is so good. The guy was held with, caught with drugs, put in for nine years. He still came back. He was taken out of the country, back in the country where he went. She's still bound to the bondage. She goes back to that particular place to be beaten again by the same guy and come back to the United Kingdom. Held back into the old, old thought, thought, thought system. My brother and my sister, you know what it is that goes through this particular head of yours. Nobody else knows. It is only you who can know. I want you today, go before the Father and tear that particular garment from yourself in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God says, shake off the dust and arise. You are no longer going to be in that particular dust anymore. Don't keep on singing about that sickness of yours. It is not your sickness. No sickness belongs to you. No disease belongs to you. All of them are the property of the devil. Give them back to the evil one and declare what the Father has declared concerning you. Regardless whether the pain persists, also persists in declaring, I am entering the promise. I am entering the promise. The promise is, I am the Lord that healeth thee. He is the Lord that healeth me and he will fulfill that word that he has spoken in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your imagination be healed in Jesus' name. When we look at Genesis, Genesis chapter 19 and verse 24 and 26, the Bible says the, the, the following, Genesis chapter, 20, chapter 19, verse 24 and 20, uh, up to 26, it says, Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven, and he overthrew those cities and all the valleys and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. But Lot's wife who was behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Chapter, Luke chapter 17 verse 28 up to 33. Luke chapter 17, 28 up to 33. Quickly, the word of God says, Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out of Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let the one who is on the housetop 
with his goods in the house, not come down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lord's wife. Here that is Jesus speaking. He repeats that same story and then he comes and he says, remember Lord's wife. And he keeps quiet. He puts a full stop, is upon you, interpret for yourself what it is that he is trying, what it is that he is trying to say. <clears throat> interpret for yourself what it is that he is trying to say or what he is trying to declare unto us. Now, realize what happens to Lord's wife. After they leave, they are removed out of trouble. As they go, something happens with Lord's wife. And I was trying to use my imagination when this scripture was given to me. She looks ahead and she, says, she realizes the future is bleak. There is nothing we are going to. There is nothing there in the future. I can't see anything there in the future. And then in her mind she remembers. At the back of her mind she remembers. Oh, my mansion behind there. Oh, my sons-in-law and my daughters. Is it really true that that place will burn with fire? And so she turns back to check and confirm what is, that, what is happening. She disobeys the word of the angel of the Lord. And for that disobedience, the Bible says she turned into a pillar of salt. I can tell you what happened. She turned back and the sight she saw was so scaring, she froze and died out of shock. I'm 100% sure it is shock that killed her. She looked at the damage and the devastation of Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities that were on that side. And it gripped her spirit. She just froze dead at the Padilla Juncture. The power of your imagination. Even if God has released you from bondage. Unless you also forget about the past. Leave it behind you. It is not your property anymore, my brother and my sister. Run towards whatever God has called you. It is said there are two robbers of time. That is the past and the future. They are the robbers of time. God has called us to live when? Now. For he says, I am who I am. He doesn't say, I am the one who will be. No, he says, I am the one who is. If I even in Revelation, it begins, I'm the Lord who is. Because that's what he is. And he wants you to live with him now. What is he saying to you, my brother? And what is he saying to you, my sister? Well, what are you hearing in your spirit as he speaks unto your heart this particular moment? Are you stuck in the past saying that, no, that is just a God they say about. He does not know about my situation. I want you to know that he knows about your situation and he's concerned about that situation. And he's reaching out unto you to make a difference for you in that situation where you are. If only you let him do it in the name of Jesus Christ.
You look to your family and you always talk about your abundance and how your family can never be free from that particular situation or condition. No, forget about that. He says you have become the door for him to enter into your family and make a difference in that family in Jesus' name. The word of God says, even if you're on the rooftop and he returns, don't go back into the house to look what is in the house, to try to go to salvage and to go with it. Leave it behind. Where he's calling you is more important than what it is that is in the house. Praise God. Take off and go with him on the journey that he has called you unto in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want you to ask yourself, what is it that is in my house that is making me go back to it? It is, is it the beauty of my, of my body that I spend all my time on this particular body, taking care of it, making sure that it will look the best that I can, you know, doing all I can to make sure that I shine before the people and yet not realizing this body is actually a tomb. Do you know what the body is? It is a tomb, it is a grave that has held us captive from experiencing the fullness of the purposes and the will of God in our lives. And the more we concentrate on this, that's why he told the Pharisees, he told them, you beautify the outside of the, of the graves, of the tombs, while inside is dead men's bones. What was he meaning? We beautify the outside of our bodies, which are tombs, while inside there is dirty and filthy imaginations that is dead man's bones. It is stinking to the spirit. May God have mercy on us and open our eyes, which us don't live in the physical. For the Bible says we are sojourners here in the world. This is not our permanent dwelling place. Praise Jesus. That's why he says flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Because all of it belongs to the earth. And it will return to the earth when we take off and go into our eternal resting place in the name of Jesus. The word of God says he will give us new bodies. Celestial bodies when that time comes in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Let us go to Mark chapter 12. Matthew. Matthew chapter 24. <clears throat> Quickly, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 37 and 39. The Bible, I'm just sharing a few stories of what was laid upon my heart with regard to our imagination. And I would like us to home in on the nature of the imaginations that we allow in our system. That's what determines where our future and what it is that we're going to be. I want you to look all around about you. Look at the great cities, the great bridges, everything that you can look at, the beautiful and the ugly, them, them, all of them. What are they? They are the imagination of men and women. Architects have sat down, somebody has drawn up, and we can spend time touring the whole world, wondering, wow, look at that one. Wow, look at that one. My, 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 my. What was that man thinking that he made that one? And look at that one. And look at the other one. And we miss eternity. We concentrate on what is around us, and we miss the eternal goal that the Father has called us unto. Let us arise as a church. 
to be able to do the calling that he has called us unto. Daphne will always encourage us. Go, go, go. It is a challenge for us to realize the values of the kingdom. Minister unto the needy. Minister unto the perishing. Draw them into the kingdom. Let us bring fruit for the sake of our Father. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 29, 20, chapter 24 and verse 37 and 30, 39. The Bible says the following words. <clears throat> verse 37, it says, For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Praise God. Again, another thing that he says there. Have you noticed these days? Parties, parties. In my office where I've been working or where I work, you find there are parties almost every day, every, almost every, every week. <clears throat> they save their money so that Friday they will go partying. Every Friday. They will, they will Monday they come back in the office, they are talking of how stupidly they, beha stupid they behaved. <laughs> they will talk of how drunk they were, that they didn't know themselves, up to the managers. They removed their clothes, they were rolling on the ground, and uh, even directors. And you look at them and you wonder, what a stupid bunch. <laughs> because, I mean, and this is what the Bible says. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. There is a lot of partying and drinking and eating. People love food. People love dancing. People love what? All these particular things, they were what was happening in Noah's time. They never had eternity in their imagination. Their imagination was fixed. When is the next disco? When is the next party? When are we going to dance again? That was the order of the day. And that's what is happening now amongst our people, old and young alike. In my office is the old and the young who are doing exactly the same thing. And if you hear the things they have done, it is so disgusting. Some of them take videos and come, and they come to the office. Can you see what the boss was doing? This is what the boss was doing. And they are so ashamed of what it is that they were doing. Why? Because that's where their imagination and their heart is in that place. My brother and my sister, where is your heart? Where is your imagination? How many times do you think about the home where you are going to? That is the eternal home. I want you to challenge yourself where you are seated. How many times do you think about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? How many times do you think about the punishment that is coming? Does it even ever cross your mind? I want to tell you hell is real. It is not a joke that the Bible is talking about. Jesus declared it so clearly and so vividly when he spoke about the rich man and Lazarus. And he warns us, don't go to that place. That's why he came. So that you and I could escape that particular punishment. And my brother and my sister, I want you to think again in your spirit. Our imagination determines whether we are bringing forth fruit or not for the Lord Jesus. Where is your imagination? They were involved in lust. There is even lust in the house of God. We portray it on the left and on the right. 
Let us shake off these old garments. Let us tear them apart and decide I'm going to live for Jesus. He is going to be glorified in me in Jesus' name. I want you to realize you and I, we are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, one of the things that crosses my mind is, if I come to stay in your house, and you house me, anybody who comes there, you will tell them he stays in that room. That is Paul's room. If somebody else comes, you will also say, that is so-and-so's room. Everybody knows where they are staying. They can get them from where they are staying. When demons come into somebody's life, there are places where they inhabit. They can be discovered where they are and they can be cast out in the name of Jesus Christ. But with the Holy Spirit, when he comes, you don't know where he stays. Because even the world cannot see him. The devil and the demons cannot recognize him. He is nowhere to be seen, yet he is there. He merges with your spirit and he becomes like you. Completely, exactly like you. When they look at you, they see Mark, but yet they are looking at the Holy Ghost. They look at, they say, that's Daphne, and yet they are looking at the Holy Spirit. That is Agnes, and yet they are looking at the Holy Ghost. Now, this is the, that's the wonder of it all. Wherever I go, wherever I do, it means I'm involving him. Anything I touch, it means he's touching. Anything I speak, it means he is speaking. I want you to realize what an awesome thing that the Father has given unto us and what a dangerous thing it is that he has given unto us. And let it teach us how do we handle ourselves. When I rise up and I am singing a worldly song that glorifies the devil and the spirit is within me, that's exactly what I'm doing to him. It's like I'm forcing him to open his mouth and say, glorify the devil, which is an abomination in the sight of the Most High God. He does not have any other place to live. He lives in you. He lives in me. My mouth is his mouth. My eye is his eye. My feet are his feet. He can do no otherwise unless I yield myself to him and let him glorify Jesus and bring forth fruit for the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. Let us arise and look at our imagination. As we imagine and as we think and we toil, sometimes we don't even sleep. You are thinking about what he did to me, what she did to me. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Do you know something? Florence challenged me the other day and told me that the angel of joy guards the, the gates that enter into the presence of the Most High God. You will not be allowed to enter into the presence of God with sorrow. Listen to me clearly. You will never be allowed to enter into his presence with a long face. The word of God says in his presence is fullness of joy. 
at his right hand are precious forevermore. When I come and say, oh God, I'm so down, stay outside there until you discover that here only joy abides in this place. That's why David said, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. Why? He talked to his spirit and he told him, why are you disquieted within me? I want to go into the Father's presence. He knew he cannot enter into that place. If he is down, he encouraged himself, shook himself up, and started to dance, dance, dance. Finally, the joy came, and he was there telling God, I have come. We want to praise you, Father. We're going to sing for you. We're going to lift you high. And the Lord was glad and glorified because of him that he said, I have found in David a man after my own heart. Why? He knew the secret. Never once did he appear before him coming with a gloomy face. He left it outside there. That's why he says, he turned my sorrow into joy, my mourning into dancing, because that's what he delights in. As you leave that particular door, any particular thought of discouragement, of depression, of downcastness, when you decide, I want to go to worship God, Shake it off and tell it depression. You are not interfering with my time. It is time to enter the presence of joy. And you start dancing yourself even if you are in your own house. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. And glorify him and enter into that place. In Jesus name. Get hold of your imaginations my beloved. They are holding us. We are supposed to be healing the sick. Raising the dead. Getting the lame to walk. Getting the blind to see. That is the challenge he's giving us. This is what he wants us to fill our imaginations with. And that's what I want you to start doing today. He was challenging me this morning. Fill your imagination. Start seeing the blind seeing. Think as you are seated in your room. I can see blind eyes popping open. I can see the lame walking. I can see Stephanie rising up on that seat. And starting to dance. Preaching the gospel. That Jesus is Lord for the glory of God. I want you because why is it that way? It is all in the imagination. That's where the kingdom of God abides. There are many captives outside there. They want to come in to be set free. You are the one who will set them free in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We are nearing to finish. Hallelujah. Right, let us, let us look. So remember Noah. Remember the time of Noah. And finally, let us look at something that made me sad. But I shook off the sadness as I go into the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen. In the book of Second Peter and chapter 2, verse 6 and 8, the Bible says the following. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 6 and verse 8. He says the following. If by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, now listen to this, he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed, 
These are the ones I want you to notice. Greatly distressed by the immoral, sensual conduct of the wicked. For us, that righteous man lived among them day after day. He was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and he heard. Do you hear that? He tormented. He vexed. He became sick of the wicked actions of the wicked that he was seeing every day and hearing every day. It entered into his imagination. It became him, made him to be so sick. Lot became an alcoholic. He became a drunkard by virtue of what he kept on seeing. He was a righteous man. But because of what he kept on watching and seeing and listening to, it changed his imagination. He started doing some of the things they were doing. Why do I know that? When they ran out of Sodom and Gomorrah and they went and hid in a mountain somewhere, the Bible says the following. The daughters of, 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 of Lord talked to one another and the elder one told the younger one, we are here. There is no man who is going to come to us. We have to get our child for our dad to continue our generations. So they said, this is what we're going to do. We shall make dad drunk. Let him drink tips completely. He can't understand what is going on. And we shall go and lay with him. Have sexual relations with him. Then we shall get children. We shall continue the lineage of our father. A wicked act, a wicked scheme, a wicked plan. But how did they hatch that particular plan? It is because they had seen it happening in Sodom and in Gomorrah. They had seen girls having relationship with their fathers. And they knew it happens. That's why they were able to think about it there in the bush. And they carried it out. Not because he had gotten into the act of drinking and drinking and drinking. He was bed drunk and he ended up sleeping with his girls over and over again until they got pregnant. And as a result, this righteous man, he was vexed and tormented by the wickedness he saw and he heard. It interfered with his imagination. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Mark asked us the other day, how many of you love horror, horror films? And sometimes some of us find ourselves stuck on those horror films. You don't know what you're doing to your spirit. I don't care how old you are or how strong you are. Lot was a righteous man. And the Bible attests to it. But you can see what happened to him. Let us know the power of our imagination. It does not sleep. Wake up from your sleep, O child of God, and start thinking right. Let your imagination be filled with this word in the name of Jesus. And finally, I want you to remember Judas. Three years with Jesus. And you know what Judas did? All the miracles and what have you, his imagination was on the dollar. He wanted the dollar. Or maybe call it the sterling pound. If there was a sterling pound there at that time. He wanted that thing so much. 
He could do anything to be able to get it. He betrayed the Son of God. He lost the gift of apostleship because of the dollar or because of the sterling pound. I want you to watch yourself. How far do you go to get the sterling pound? The kingdom is more important than the sterling pound. Praise Jesus. I leave it upon you for yourself to decide. Paul speaks of Demas. He says he has loved this world more than the kingdom. So he has left us and he has gone. A man who was filled with the Holy Ghost and loved Jesus. Paul says he loved this world and he departed from the ministry. He abandoned the call. He went back into the world. The power of the imagination. Even if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, your imagination can snatch you out of the grace of God. And you'll find yourself wallowing in the pig's dirt pit. Simply because it's your choice that you wanted to think that particular way. I want you to remember Ananias and Sapphira. Holy Ghost filled men and women. Yet, the imaginations comes in. Again, the dollar and the praise. The dollar and the fame. They were not ready to be just simple brethren. They were ready, they wanted to sell and let it be known. That they have given this particular amount. And as a result, they lie to the Holy Ghost. What happens to them? They find themselves six feet underground. Within no time. My brother and my sister, take care of your imagination. You are a redeemed, blood-washed, sanctified. Child of the Most High God, think in line with that particular victory that the Lord has given unto us. Least of all, remember the captain of our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 up to 3, let us run with patience, with endurance, the race that has been set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He says, let us lay aside everything that every single weight that will hinder us, every imagination that will hinder us. Let us run with patience. That race, even if they prosper on the left and on the right, and I don't prosper, I don't care. I want to gain the crown of eternal life. Let that be your vision. Let that be my vision in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God in the highest. The Bible says, Jesus Christ, who for the glory that was set before him, he had it in his imagination. It was so vivid. He could see himself sitting at the right hand of the throne of majesty. He could see the power and the glory that exhumes from him. And he despised the cross. He despised the shame on the cross. He despised the, sh the pain. He decided that cross... This cross is nothing compared to that glory that I'm looking at. I must gain that glory. He got it. And you are here because he got it. I am here because he got it. Let us also do the same. There are men and women outside there. They will only get it if you hold on to the promise.
if you hold on to the imagination of what the Lord is planning to do and what the Lord is accomplishing, you will save many. You will deliver many. You will set many free. You will restore many families. If you keep your eye on the promise and maintain your eye there, they will follow you and they will find eternal life. In the name of Jesus Christ. The choice is yours and the choice is mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us bow down our heads and pray. I want you to look into your own heart as you think on those words. He says in the book of Luke, strive to enter by the narrow gate. Strive to enter by the narrow gate. Strive to enter by the the narrow gate. Just as you are silent in that form, I want you to realize this one thing. Think about it. God is always thinking about you. His word says, if I were to number the thoughts that he thinks about me, they are as many as the sand on the seashore. If you have gone to the beaches, you can see the amount of sand that is there. The Bible says the thoughts that he thinks about you, they are more than those grains of sand on the beaches that you go visiting when you go for holidays. That is how he thinks about you. You are feeling, you feel his mind. He imagines you always. In all his ways, you are on his mind. Until the angels asked him, what is man that you are mindful of him, that you visit him? Wherever you are seated, I want you to think about that as your eyes are closed. God is thinking about you moment by moment. Not once do you get off his rudder. You are ever on his rudder. I want you to ask yourself, how many times do I think about him? How many times do I center him in my imagination? Where is he in my imagination? Your majesty I can but bow, I lay my all before you now. In royal robes I don't desire, I live to serve your majesty. Majesty, I can but bow, I lay my all before you now. In royal robes, I don't deserve, I live to serve. Your majesty. 
I want you to speak unto God wherever you are right now. Just quietly in your own heart if you want to speak aloud. Just for a moment, tell him, Father, I tear off the garments of the world. I want to fill my imagination with you. Fill my thoughts, fill my life in the name of Jesus. Father, we lay our all before you this afternoon. Father, in the name of Jesus, arise in each one of us. Let your purposes and your will be revealed unto every man and every woman in this place. Let the bondages and the fair, foul imaginations the enemy has tried to bring in our minds and in our lives, let them be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Father, I'm releasing resurrection power into the lives of your children. That each one of us, we arise and we pull down every one of these imaginations. That out of this church, almighty God, out of this congregation, everlasting Father, you raise up an army of men and women, oh dear Lord, oh boys and girls, young men and young women, almighty Father, which are going to bless the path, oh dear Lord of God. Oh, victory on the path, oh dear Lord, of righteousness in this land in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, men and women, boys and girls, young men and young women that are going to heal the sick, oh dear Lord, in England, in Scotland, in Wales, oh dear Lord, in Northern Ireland, in the isles round about this land in Jesus' name for the glory, for the honor and for the praise of your divine name. You begin a work in us, oh dear Lord of God that the power of the kingdom shall be revealed and made manifest for you are worthy in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want to ask, maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It is my cry, my desire, you will not leave that door without making a decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you know that you are here and you are not born again, you have not received Jesus or acknowledged him as Lord and Savior of your life and you want to believe on him. Yeah. Now, I want you to lift your hand. If you are there and you know you are not born again, you are not a Christian or you are not a believer and you want to believe from today so that you may inherit eternal life, raise your hand wherever you are. The Lord will see that hand. He is the Lord who saves. He will do it for you because he has done it for each one of us in Jesus' name. Is there anybody who like that? I like putting that challenge across so that the door is open for whoever wills. Brother Randolph, when you come on.